Hi and welcome to another episode of One and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hi guys, how are you going? Awesome. Hey. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy to see New you all. Year. First one. 2022, here we come. Horrible to see you all. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't have expected anything else to come out of your mouth. (laughs) Someone made an effort this week, Lou. It's about time, I was going to say, but you didn't tell anyone. You didn't tell TL to do his hair this week, like yourself. (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about. This is my everyday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just rolled out of bed like this. No, seriously. Keep selling it. <laughs> Keep selling it. It's five o'clock on Thursday. Like, you know, we work. Someone's been putting some effort in. We won't stand for that on this podcast. People putting effort into their appearance. We're not having that. This is. A- but he's trying to say that you look great, Lou. Thank you. Thanks, Cam. You look fabulous. Cam sort of way. Hey. No mirrors in your joint. All right. Let's start. Let's start uh, the year with the wine, right? So no competition for the moment. No competition. Uh, so let's start. Let's start with uh, Lou. Okay. So I am today. I have a Taylor's Master Stroke, 2019 Cab Sav. Yeah. Probably a my... <laughs> No competition. Still, <laughs> no. <we're... laughs> Look, it came in a nice fancy box and I was actually given it for a birthday. My son-in-law gave it to me for a birthday present. You didn't even pay for it. Ah, oh, shit. It's no competition, Cam. You put the money into your hair. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, you guys are just all losing yours and you're a bit jealous, huh? I don't know. What's I'm going not on? losing Jack, man. I'm not losing a bloody thing, eh? Oh, you're the... I noticed Cam. Let's start those rumours. Cam's beard's a bit light, though, these days. I don't know. What is it, Lou? Let's, let's be uh, serious. Is it Shiraz? No, it's a Cab Sav 2019. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. It looks... Um, yeah, should be nice. Yeah. How about, how about you, Cam? Like a special wine for the, uh, to start the year? <laughs> yeah. You bring out the big ones? Uh, so I'm in lockdown. Uh, both my children have COVID. Listen to these. And, uh, we did not come prepared, so the <laughs> the best. <laughs> there's two problems. One, I wasn't prepared for lockdown, and two, I had a really big Christmas, right? So there's not a lot. There's not a lot left in the Wilson household of any substance. Yeah. So, but someone probably Lou gifted us a bottle of 2019 Shiraz from Tempest Two. It is Hunter Valley, so it is probably going to be okay. And Thomas. Yes, this was a uh, 3.7 on the vino. I didn't know we weren't competing. And yesterday I rang four people to go to a bottle shop for me. And to those four people, get fucked. They all said, (laughs) you all know who you are, right? After everything I've done for you, after everything I've done for you, I'm trapped in a house with a six-year-old and a 10-year-old who apparently have COVID running around like, Arkin morons, you wouldn't even go to the bottle shop for me. So we'll talk about what we learned from 2021 later, but it's a, a good point that everyone's in it for themselves, isn't it? Hey? 
So we'll, we'll see how my 3.7 goes. All right. Let's go. Chris? Um, mine rates are minus 32 on Vivino. Um, no, it's a, a 2018 uh, Hewitson Estate Budwood. It's called Budwood. It's from the Barossa Valley. It's just a, a cheap drink of wine. It's nothing spectacular. You're starting to look like Ian Hewitson, mate. You've had a big break as well. <laughs> it's... Um, I had to swap it out for the bottle that I was going to bring because I then found out it wasn't a competition and that rated really well on Vivino. So, <laughs> so Lou, yeah, I don't think we can hide from you. He's got a bottle of 4.5 there for the next time we compete. We so have you're to have, have a, at least 4.6. We're going to have to have a dig. Good luck in finding one, I'll tell you there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're in the Hunter Valley next weekend, aren't we? We'll, we'll uh, put some effort in. I will yeah. I put some effort. I've got a French bottle from Bourgogne, so south of France, in the middle, 2019 Petit Chablis, from a nice little house, Simone Fair. Bourgogne wine, pretty strong, a little bit higher than Chateauneuf-du-Pape area, so Côte du Rhône, just below the Champagne area. This probably would have won this week, okay? <laughs> I didn't oh. know they put so much information on the labels at Liquorland, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not that way that beats a 4.5. I'm not going to share your bottle. <laughs> I'm not going to share this bottle with you either. Cheers, <laughs> Cheers guys. <laughs> All right. So, Lou, what's this week? This week, what we're going to talk about this week, guys, we're going to look at um, what are the takeaways from 2021 and what is going to make the best 2022 going forward. So it's going to be interesting, I'm sure, not just um, in business, but in personal lives as well. I think there's a lot of takeaways and there's a lot to look forward to. That's so, not bad. Yeah. I've done well here. Sorry. This is a good drop, mate. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start first with the the news. Since uh, we um, since the end of what is it? Was it at the end of uh, December? Was yeah. it the end of December? Yeah, we, we made a prediction. TL, we were right. I said we'd be in lockdown by Christmas, and you and I definitely were. So uh, once again, yeah. wine and wisdom bringing all the breaking news to uh, the world. Get it here first. <laughs> no, we we actually said I actually said that they will not lock us down. And Cam said, I bet you before the end of this week, they will lock us down. I was driving out the driveway to go to the South Coast on Christmas Eve, and I got a phone call from a very reliable source saying I was a close contact of a bloke. So that uh, locked us up for Christmas, and there was no trip to the South Coast. So I was right. I would say that was me. That, that that phone call. That's that's why I missed your your lunch. Apparently, beautiful lunch. Uh, so then a day a day after we get out of lockdown, they change the rules that say you're not a close contact unless you've passed the bloke and had yeah, rampant, yeah. rampant, wild orgy sex with him. So, so I could have had close contact. The other thing I learned over Christmas is that we should all join Hillsong because they can do whatever the fuck they want. Apparently, so that was a bit that was a bit out of source, wasn't it? Seriously. Was- What's doing there? I didn't. Is is Scamo Hillsong? I didn't think he was yeah. Hillsong. I know he's a born again, but is he Hillsong? I, I believe he is, but I don't think he's sort of connecting himself during his um, term. Yeah. So what a black guy! Oh, he's not. He's not connecting himself, except they just managed to. 
nothing to no, see no, here. What I'm saying is not actively going and so forth because of that, because of his prominent So we miss, my kids miss the Christmas they were meant to have. We miss Chris's barbecue, which was either a blessing or a, or a, um, yeah. or a, a problem, depending on how you looked at it. There was 10 concerts I was supposed to go to last year. It was meant to be my bucket list of concerts. And we all went through that, not knowing that all we had to do was join Hillsong and we could do whatever we wanted. And just happens that the Prime Minister of the country, the same guy who ruined my kids' Christmas, right, is a member of that church. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. It's a bit it's a bit wrong that they don't get fined. There was no fines, there was no penalties whatsoever. They yeah. hid behind the veil of, you know, it wasn't a, a music festival, it was a uh, church gathering which are allowed. Um, but still no um, social distancing, all that sort of stuff. Went into the night, there was live band, bands playing, so call it what you want. There's yeah. a bloody Christian musical festival, simple. But if you jump on the Service New South Wales website and dare suggest that Brad Hazard has COVID, it's now a $5,000 fine. Did you see that? People, no, people are putting in fake, people are putting in fake COVID, COVID positive oh. COVID cases for the health minister and he held a press conference to say that anyone who does it from now on will be caught and when you're at the pub, what was his quote? He said, when you're at the pub telling your mates how funny you are, they're going to turn around and tell you how stupid you are. And anyone who does it from now on is a $5,000 fine. So I call on all of New South Wales to jump on the Service New South Wales <laughs> website and put a positive case in for Brad Hazard. This is how we're starting off 2022. Thomas said be we'll careful. Fix just before we got we'll fix the national deficit if we do that at least. Hey, We'll fix the national deficit if we do that at least. At least we'll pay that off. Doesn't affect... Sorry, Lou, you go. Hey, I was to say, with that not reporting the um, rapid test results or whatever, um, not only do you get fined, but um, we had a staff member this week who, who didn't... I think he didn't report it or whatever, but um, if you don't report it, you don't qualify for that government assistance. That's out there as well. So, you know, there's a there's a catch both ways, you know, so just interesting to know. Didn't Christmas prove to anyone that all the shit we've been through for the last two years was a complete and utter waste of time and that all the so-called health advice that the government was basing their decisions on was nothing but a lie? Like they changed the... Um, isolation time three times within a week it was seven days and then five days and then oh, it's you're only a close contact if you're sitting on a bloke's lap for four months ago four months ago the army and the police would turn up to your house to make sure you were home because you couldn't dare talk to anyone if you'd sniffed anywhere near somebody who had covid mm. so what was the health advice what was the real health advice while we were going through all that shit this time also, mate, a lot of people, because they've released us out, like there's no real, as we know, lockdown per se, it's spreading a lot quicker. So the supply of labour to industry, just in general, whatever industry it may be, is at a huge shortage. Um, so that's affecting a lot of uh, areas, yeah. whether it be um, shopping centres or hospitals or whatever it may be, transport, truck transport. And... That's why they had to do that as far as the close contact with your family and so forth, because they couldn't staff the bloody hospitals to look after the people that were actually were sick um, with COVID. And yeah. that's where the big, that's where this big issues come from. And that's what they're always uh, scared of is that 
the hospitals reaching that capacity and then not having the staff to, to, to look after those people. Yeah. So if they had done what they're doing now two years ago, where would we be now, do you think? Whereas let it rip. With another With another strain, the Cameron strain. I don't know. I think but with another variant, it'll, it'll change again. Yeah. They can't and start now, Chris. That's the problem now because you look, I walked up the main street the other day and we've got thousands of people here still on holidays and every second business is closed with a sign on the door saying due to COVID or one of our members having COVID, we can't be here. You know, and it's really sad after the time that they've just struggled over that last 18 months to now... I I realised how bad it was. I come back from the South Coast and the Friday, Rita and I, this is two weeks ago, we went to, had to go to St. George Bank. We went to Miranda to St. George Bank because my lovely wife had lost a car. So anyway, we had to go get her a new car. We went to Miranda. The branch was closed. Friday morning, 10.30, it was closed. Sign on the thing, sorry, we can't get staff to staff our branch. It's closed till further notice. So we went to the one at Menai and the lady at Menai actually told us, Bankstown, Padstow and Miranda branches today were all closed because of lack of staff because of people out with COVID. So what they were doing yeah. is they were taking people out of one branch and putting them in another so they could actually open some of the branches. They were that understaffed. We're talking about banks now. Jeez, I feel so bad for the banks. I mean, uh, the profits they're going to lose <laughs> over that time and how they how are they going to afford to feed their families, the banks, if they've had to close a branch? I mean, it's a, a terrible time for them. I mean, if any... If it, <laughs> If you if we've really Shut got a feel for anyone here. during this time, no, you're right, Chris. It's very underestimated the the pain the banks are going through at the moment. It's I think not the banks. Know, I'm talking about think, the staffing. Issues I think we too. all need to pause for a moment and just feel sorry for the banks that have closed their branches because of COVID. You finished anyway, now. That was a moment. That was good. You finished. In the end, both sides were, you know, have got their own reasons. Yeah, I, I think the government two years ago did not have the vaccine. And whatever happens, I think we would have had variant after variant anyway, the same way we've had them now. But yeah. we probably would have lost way, way more people. Yeah. The second thing is they also had a situation with hospital. And I think in one of the podcasts I spoke about last year where my sister said the yeah. hospitals are now overwhelmed. Yeah. They have people resigning. They've got people actually in the health uh, um institutions like dropping like flies too and we only got it now yeah and, and i think that this is this is what the jeff was talking about it's it's that they tried until the vaccine or at least a certain amount of the population is vaccinated they were really trying to slow down the thing so you have to really see, see the point in, in on, on both sides what to me is a little bit uh uh not, I won't say hypocrite. Uh, oh, say it. But I, I no. But it's that we we first went through. We have to save lives. We have to save lives. And now it's really we just have to make sure we we got enough hospital bed. And and so even today, apparently it was a brain fart. But even the prime minister was throwing a bit of the idea that maybe now children above uh, under eighteen can now drive forklifts. You know, because we, we need people. And we know that yesterday they were talking about overseas students now having a reduction in their visa fees in order to really do some of the jobs. So 
right now you can see that there's uh, there's a the, the, the labor and and you have now today the lowest uh what is it unemployment in 13 years you, you, you they can't find people there's people in mcdonald's who, who can't have enough employees there's there's people in uh in woolies that can't even have enough employees to even pack the shelves mm, yeah and all of that is impacting on us you know exactly exactly i was talking to someone i can't remember who but up in north queensland and stuff where they do the mass farming and they rely on the tourists for the fruit picking and stuff apparently some farmer just um uh what filled it like, back into the earth built it back into a million dollars worth of vegetables fruit and vegetables back into the earth within a week because no one was there to pick it and i mean yeah. there's people starving in this world what the freaking hell is that yeah. you know like a million dollars worth of produce into the ground because no one was there to pick it it's just cotty's jingle wouldn't it my dad picks oh. the fruit he would Stop it. <laughs> what about the uh, Djokovic uh, saga? Because oh, that was a big one. That was really I love the puns that have come out. Novak, Djokovic and all that sort of stuff. I love them. The, no the only tennis player that's been beaten by missing two shots. Um, there's yeah. been so many of them. He's, got, he's now got a job with the English cricket team because Australia took two weeks to get him out. Um, all, all this sort of thing. I love the this puns. Is, that uh, the returning Serb one's my favourite. <laughs> it's Djokovic sitting on a plane. It's Djokovic sitting on a plane, and they say this is called a return Serb. <laughs> There's so many of them. It's great. Oh, yeah. I think I, I like I like the one that Mastercard's done with 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 Djokovic's picture and the, and the Mastercard next to it, and it says, uh, "What is it? Uh, it's accepted across the world, even when <laughs> your visa is rejected." I love that. <laughs> I think, and I only just only just attributed Hillsong to it. But I, my initial thoughts were because of the way they've treated us over the vaccine, they couldn't let him stay and they couldn't let him play. But then Hillsong, right? So the whole thing just, I think, Tennis Australia probably did everything they could and under the table deals and backhand shakes and everything they could to get him in because he's worth a lot of money to the tournament and worth a lot of money for publicity. Mm. Um, someone buggered up and he got sprung and then I think the government fearing public backlash did what they did. I don't think they, I think they were, they knew he was in the country. Of course they knew he was in the country. It's Novak Djokovic for crying out loud. It wasn't until yeah, someone blew up that it became an issue. And then I think the only reason they've punted him is fearing public backlash. It's clearly not for public safety. Sorry. Otherwise the prime minister's church wouldn't be able to hold a mass gathering with a rock band on stage, but not call it a concert, would he? So, so was it the right decision to send him back? Do you guys think, or what? What What are your thoughts on it? Well, the the revenge part of me, or the fair's fair, or the the well, that's how I got treated, so so should he. Says, yeah, send him back. But I also sit there and go, well, Hill Song, and we're we're literally allowed to do anything we want now, as long as I'm we don't. Advertising, mate, that church, please. As long as we don't. Yeah, I'm glad he can go. They need to pay us to be advertised that that much, right? They they just had about seven minutes. I'm probably going to be shot after this podcast. So, well, the the black car is sitting out the front now. So, the powers that be, don't worry. Listen, whatever happens, I think uh, he was a symbol of vaxxers, anti non vax. 
people. And I think that's sad. That, that, that was a sad thing. Because you, you know, during COVID, and if we're talking about what do we take out of 2021, I think that 2021 has been nothing else but 2020 on steroids, where people really, selfishness has come out. Mm. Um, and, and you can see it now. The, the, the people who got the vaccine, um, mainly because it's good for them, mainly because they're doing something right for the country, suddenly now turn around and take it on the people who decided, hey, no, I don't want to. And, and I think he was the symbol. Now, I, I think that the entire country and the, probably the entire world has been fooled because uh, Novak, as you probably will find out about articles coming out soon, uh, Novak and his wife owned about 80% of a company in biotech called, uh, what is it, Grant, uh, Quant, Quant BioRes. So Quant, Q-U-A-N-T, Bio, B-I-O, and Res, R-E-S. That is actually a non-formal vaccine against COVID. So it's been an amazing advertising for him. It's a Danish company that they bought shares uh, into. And so now... And now he's prolonging the advertising because yeah. as of today, he's planning on suing the Australian government for $6 million uh, for, in terms of damages for what's happened to him. So the, the longer he's getting this, if it is true, because right now I'm getting it from The Age, The, the Guardian, Fox, Forbes, and some of the other channels. And if it is true, it's the best advertising he's ever done. I don't yeah. think he's going to lose any money out of it, mate. I don't no. think he's going to be short of a dollar. We watched, I had to turn the TV off the other day because the deadliest day in New South Wales was when 36 people died from COVID and the channel channel that's somewhere between 8 and 10, I won't name them, started the report with uh, three people died between the ages uh, in their 40s. Two of them weren't vaccinated. The other 30 people who died were all over 70. And then just switched off, didn't name their vaccination status. It was the most blatant. And what had already what had already come out in the news earlier in the day is 33 of the 36 people who died were double vaxxed. Right. So the 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 war is still on between vaxxed and anti-vaxxed. And depending on and the media, depending on who's paying their bills and who's putting the money in their pockets beyond the scenes, is still fooling everybody with everything that's going on. It's it's um I think one of the biggest takeaways from 2021 I wrote down was that um, vaccine become a hotter topic to talk about than, or more divisive topic than religion or politics. Yeah. Couldn't have that conversation. I think it's um, somewhat, although the Novak thing probably flies in the face of my argument, but I think it's become somewhat calmer now where there isn't as much... um, I'm only gauging the public feel from where I am and people I talk to. There isn't as much vitriol about it, but um, 2021 was a war between people who didn't think they should be forced to be vaccinated, not anti-vaxxers, people who didn't think they should be forced to be vaccinated and people who thought by getting vaccinated was going to save the country. Well, look where we are now. How many Mm. banks were shut, Chris, the poor banks? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I was... What did you guys get? From the uh, the lessons out of twenty twenty one. Gosh, so many, so many. I know for the real estate market, it almost felt like um, as a result of twenty twenty, where people were panic buying, it almost felt like twenty twenty one. Apparently, everybody panicked for houses because the market had never been so great. I mean, 
I don't know, I know you guys all experienced it as well. Like the, the prices and the amount of inquiry and people moving was incredible. And I think obviously because we were able to innovate so quickly and so many people worked from home, even in government positions and everything, it's places like where I am became highly sought after and it was just bedlam. Yeah. I think that was a sign. I actually wrote the same thing, but in different language. I, 2021 showed that not many people are happy with where they live or the lifestyle they have because yeah. we, we throw out on the central coast, we throw out all the time other buyers are coming from Sydney. And yes, that's true, but Sydney's a bloody big place. But the amount of people who left the city, yeah, right, that, we, that was new because we'd always had the fringes of Sydney, the Hills District and Northern Beaches buying up our way. But the city, the, the amount yeah. of people who fled their lives mm. because the minute they got the chance to work from home, they're like, I fucking hate living here. I don't like where we are. I don't feel safe. I don't feel secure. We yeah. can go elsewhere. And that's what everyone did. So exactly. it gave them an alternative to what they were living through and they yeah. could see that it was possible. Right. Well, yeah, they just went, how many people weren't happy with their lives? No one chose, yeah. like, very few said, oh, I love living in the city and I'm here because I want to be. They're like, fuck now, I don't have to work here, I'm out. Right. Exactly, exactly. And I think it set a lot of perspective for a lot of people as well around a lot of things. Job, you know, if you weren't in a job that you were happy with, you moved, you know, or if you weren't living in a place that you were happy, you moved. You know, if you weren't in a relationship that you were happy with, you moved. A lot of, a lot of, there was a things going around. Like if you survived 2020 without buying a puppy or an air fryer, you did pretty well because, you know, so many people, <laughs> people were stuck at home and lonely and, you know, it was just, yeah, it, it was a, it was a crazy year to look back on. And, but a lot of, as bad as it was for some, there was a lot of good that come out of it as well. I think, you know. Well, when I, when we, when we posed that question, I, I, I didn't look extreme like externally, I looked internally, personally, I, probably a little bit of a selfish way I looked at it, actually. I, and for me, I've, I've sort of picked three main things. And the first one for me was family. I just realised how important family was. And that's not just the, our immediate family, but our extended family. And the family we, not only the family we're given, but the family we choose, our, our, our close yeah. friends. Yeah. And the fact that there were so many Zooms we had during those lockdowns, the first and second lockdown from our friends that we, we were just missing. Mm. Um, and we just wanted to reach out and connect. So it made me realise just how much, how, how social humans were. Yeah. And that isolation's not healthy. Um, Absolutely. So that for me was a huge thing, was that just, it's it just so important to be in touch with with those, your friends and family. Um, that was yeah. a real, real big thing. I think connection is, was the thing, like just to touch on what you're talking about. So many people just forgot what it was like just to be in a, it, like, I, th I think I was actually having a conversation, Thomas, with Veronique, and it was like, just to be able to stand there and talk to somebody face to face and like touch them on the arm and just, you just had no connection. It was just all computer screen, phone screen, laptop, iPad. It was just the weirdest thing. It was almost like being in jail, you know? You know, we, we've been doing this on Zoom now for, I don't know how long we've been doing it on Zoom on yeah. Facebook. A year. Yeah, yeah. I, I can honestly say, and Lou, you haven't experienced, but I can honestly say it's not the same as when we got together. There's that nuance. There's that feeling. I don't know what it is. We can't try the salamis and the cheeses and all that at the same time, which is probably a good thing, but there's something missing. That part of it's missing. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think any of anyone realised just how important that is to being a human. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think COVID really 
2020 and 2021 really brought that out in a lot of people. For me, that was a big thing, yeah. a really big thing. Yeah, yeah. Another big thing that I took away from this, and uh, Lou, you experienced a death during that time as well, was my father's passing. Mm. And um, sort of made me realise that we don't have forever. <laughs> we, we need to act now. Yeah. So stop thinking you're going to live forever and you've got forever to make a decision to do something. You know, turning 50 and, and dad passing was a sort of very close together as well. So I made a major decision in life. Mm. Um, and so for me, that was another big one. It was like a smack in the face. And COVID, I suppose, was, it brought it, helped bring it to that pinnacle where you, I think a lot of people would have made a decision on those major life issues that they would have gone through. Yeah. So that was another, that was another major one for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chris. We don't have forever. I think business, small business especially, adapt or die has to be the message coming out of 2021. Have a have a plan. I think um, um, the ability to pivot and the ability to, be, to cover off anything that could happen in the world, I don't think, I think in a way <clears throat> that'd be a good thing because too many people had it too good for too long and the minute they were forced to have to do a sidestep or a pivot or a or a tumble turn or a backflip. They didn't know which way was up. So yeah. um, it's funny. I don't know if you guys have experienced the same thing, but I could probably count on two fingers the amount of uh, venues or hospitality places I've been to since COVID hit where the service was actually up to a pre-COVID standard. Like we, we hotels, yeah. uh, the, the service has gone through the floor. Some some restaurants, they, they don't know how to treat a customer anymore. The yeah. um, it's all gone to it's all gone to shit, and like you feel for the hospitality industry because of anyone they've probably been pummeled harder than a lot of people. But mm. um, haven't adapted, don't have a didn't have a plan in place, and obviously don't have a as far as training or you know they'll all blame oh we've got new staff or we can't find staff. But that's adapt or die has to be something you take out of twenty twenty one because yeah. But hold on, mate. You have to think about this. The government didn't really give a shit about the, these small businesses, right? No, they, they didn't. No, they filled they filled the pocket of, of of these guys that were wanting to get a seven hundred fifty dollars a week and do nothing, right? Yeah. So now you think about this. These business owners now have to employ these these people, mate. They're already struggling to find them. Really? They're going to put the heavy on them because they're doing a bad thing? I've been to the Hunter Valley this last week, weekend, and I tell you, some of the two, two of the best restaurants in the Hunter Valley, the service was shit out. It was bad. And, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, this, this can't be. But I also thought, no, this can be because if they fight these guys, they're going to be struggling to find someone. So these business yeah. owners have to uh, accept substandard uh, measures. But, but I think- Do they though? Hang on. Do they though? Because they can blame the government and there's all the reasons in the world why their service shouldn't be good. But do you settle for that? That's one of my, how do we make 22? Became if they got a 22. You got to run your own race. If you're relying on the government to save you, one thing 2021's taught us, if you're relying on anyone to save you but yourself, you're fucked, mm. right? If you are expecting someone else to kick the can for you or fucking pick you up when you're down or do anything for you, especially the people we elect to look after the country, you're fucked. So while Thomas, you're 100% right, the government did nothing for these people, and I'm not saying 
they need to sack the people because of poor mm. service, but they clearly weren't prepared for it. And now that the government not helping them isn't an excuse because mm. you have to adapt or you're going to die. People will stop going to those restaurants with the shit. So, so what's the option? Yeah. Doesn't it it all come back to, though, like when you think about it like that, and I was listening to what you were saying, Cam, and yes, people had to adapt or die, and that's a good way to look at it, but doesn't that just show how important it is to be at the forefront of technology and and understanding people and why people do what they do and, you know, um, having policies and procedures and systems and all of that, you know, because COVID or not, you know, a, a business will still fail if it doesn't have those things, you know. Well, they and- hadn't. Not enough of them had, Lou, right? So, and that's the part, that's the adapt. That's the adaptation. Right? Yeah. Too many old school models that didn't know where to go once shit went bad. Exactly my point. And when people don't know where to go, they go fight or flight mode. And a lot of people folded. A lot of people went fear-based and they made bad decisions and a lot of people just lost it you know like just literally lost it and I think for me one of the things that I one of my big takeaways was you know you've seen a lot of panic 2021 felt like it had a lot of panic it had a lot of frustration it had a lot of anger it had a lot of like we versus them and you know and it felt to me like my job was to know what was happening and be aware of what was happening, but remain calm and only look at it for what it is. Don't overblow it in your mind. Don't undersell it either because it's serious and it's, and it is, but a lot of my team, even men, like grown men were shit scared of this. And I'm thinking, okay, how do you keep a grown man stable and and not scared of this? You be that person, that anchor or that stability for them. Even though inside you're thinking, Jesus, you know. But you but- took ownership for it, Lou. That's what I'm saying. That's a, a yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. You have to. You there's only one person you can rely on. Thomas and I opened an office a week before the first lock, the second lockdown. Yeah. With with a bunch of staff. One was a plumber. One had just finished his HSC, and one was in customer service in a pharmaceutical company. Nowhere there did I mention real estate. Yeah. Right? So we could have sat back and gone, "Ah, oh, we're fucked. We can't find people." Um, we're just going to have to put up with a shit level of service until things smooth over and we can get real people in. We could have done all that. Right? No, we didn't. Instead, we go and we go, right, we're just going to have to pump those people with as much training as humanly possible. We're going to have to give without having to worry about getting. We're going to have to make them feel like they're part of a family. We're going to have to make sure they have all the tools they need to be successful. Yeah. And the the end result of all that was a business that opened a week before the second lockdown and made a fuck ton of money. Like that's, that's the business. That's why I don't, I can't, you can't go down the route of the government didn't look after these people. The government doesn't look after anybody, except if you're in that religion that starts with a H and has an S halfway through it. Right. They're not looking after anybody. So Look, Cam, when it comes, look, I agree with you the fact that you've got to be proactive as a business owner and sort of plan for the worst, right? A, a lot of these... You're planning for the worst, there, just know that it's on you. Yeah, but a lot of these restaurants, I think, are having major issues getting staff. When they get staff, they've got no hospitality experience. When they get a little bit of experience, they'll leave for a dollar. 
They haven't had a chance to sort of build some rapport with the staff to keep them and so forth. So at the moment... So they're going to die because they're the only two options. No, they're not. But what's going to happen is their business may take a bit of a hit. And I think as humans, we need to have a little bit of understanding that they have a few service issues at the moment. I know you're going out and paying $45 for a main meal and 120 bucks for a bottle of wine. I was going to say, if I'm paying $100 for a steak and I ask for it rare, I don't want it well done. But as humans, we also have to understand that they have also come through a shit time the last two years. We need to give a little bit of a grace period. I think it'll all come out in the wash because a lot of these people now in hospitality were taken by these traveling students, uh, by, um, you know, holiday visas and so forth, like the pickers and so uh, uh, about the, the farmers and so, um, so forth. I think we just need to be a little bit more tolerant. Yeah. I, no, I think you're 100% right. Anything. You're 100% right, and reasonable minds would be tolerant. I go to a, a pizza place and the prawns are still frozen. It's probably because they're scared they're going to lose their stock the next week, right, because they've had their stock, they've been shut down that many times. Reasonable people understand that. But one thing 21 showed us again in 2020 and moving into 22, we're not a country full of reasonable people, right? So these companies oh. have to adapt. Thank God, thank God oh, I don't think so, man. I think the reason... Thank God we do have, Cam, the most reasonable and mm-hmm. and the most, uh, what is it, the, 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 the most headed. composed and level head kind of person. Oh, the Jeff's yeah, coming in. Have you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen... Uh, we, we only spoke about restaurant, but there were many other businesses. Yeah. Okay. We we were we uh we were lucky. We were in real estate. We were very lucky. There was no traveling happening. There was surplus of cash. There there was actually a, a ripple effect of money being offered in, in inside Sydney, and then it started rippling out. All of these things happened, and then that was 2020 and then 2021 there was greed that started to come in which is i want more my neighbor got 1.2 i want 1.3 and so we could see that in real estate but they, what about the guy that just ran the gym what yeah. and, and, and afterwards he tried to make ends meet by doing online stuff what, what about the restaurant that was not geared for takeaway i mean I understand some restaurant could actually change it and adapt and 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 actually did better because they didn't have to pay for waitresses. They didn't have to pay for, uh, what is it? Uh, probably dishes being broken or washing things. I, I get that. But th- what about all the, those businesses? What about the hairdressing salon that yeah. had seven or eight people? And then suddenly now, these seven or eight people start to go, hold on. I've got my 30 personal or private people. Why do I just now run my own little business? and do it for them at 30% less. And suddenly now, what happened in 2021, I think was the beginning, there was also the beginning of smaller businesses. We had small businesses, and I believe that 2022 is going to be an explosion of small businesses. Guys that really understand, hold on, I I, I need to just be prepared, whatever happens, because I can't count on the government to really save my skin. What if they just come up with these kind of city rules Next, yeah. next time that we have another kind of sneeze virus. I, I, am I going to be in trouble or mm. am I going to be self-sufficient? And, yeah. and I think that there's going to be an explosion this year of guys that are thinking, hold on, I can sell houses. Why don't I just do things myself? There's mm. going to be a, actually a change in the way that people are going to work because driven by the need to spend more time around the family, to be in control of their own time, 
they're actually going to realize I can actually earn double doing it myself. Mm. That's going to change. Yeah, yeah. I, that. I, agree. I 100% agree with you. And the other thing I know, there's businesses in my area that had to adapt to online takeaway uh, restaurants and just doing takeaway. And you know what? Some of them have not even gone back to the old way. It's been so successful that they've actually yeah. just stayed doing what they're doing and their business has exploded. And I think a lot of it comes back to though, because some businesses tried it and failed. And some, I think a lot of it comes back to the driver who's in that seat and who runs that business. Because if that person doesn't, like you were saying, Cam, the belief and the systems and the, you know, the training and the commitment, it's not going to work anyway. So, if you have an innovative mindset and you're, you were a small business owner, you could find an alternative to deliver your product a different way. I think yeah. you're going to fly. You would have flight, it flew and you, you're going to continue to do it. I, yeah. I also see a huge increase in contractors. I think there's a lot of people that were working for people that now mm -hmm. are going to say, you know what, I can do what I did for them for a lot of people working from home and get paid more money. So the small businesses, you're right, Thomas, is that's going to increase dramatically because of those contractors. And it could be Watch small it business. That's what I, I only oh, had. That's right. I only had a couple of things written down for 2022. And one was run your own race, which you, you we've just yeah. spoken about. And it ties into what was, you can't rely on anyone. So you're going to have to run your own race. If you haven't learned that by now, you're a bit slow on the uptake and we probably can't help you. But the other thing is we talked about the skills shortage. If ever there was a year to get out of a job that you thought you had to have to yeah. get in a career, to get into a career that you've actually dreamed of or want to do, then yeah. 2022 is going to be that year because there is no one that's going to knock you back. There's nothing to lose because we've just all agreed we're fucked anyway, right? We can't rely. You don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow with the job. That's the reality of the world we live in, right? All these industries, all these all these companies that have had to shut down overnight and all these the place where you've worked for the last nine years where you're safe in your job and then every time someone suggested, oh, you know, you'd be really good at this oh yeah but now i've got this nine to five and it pays for the family and it pays for the mortgage if what's gone on in the last two years hasn't woken you up to the fact that that can all leave you tomorrow yeah all right and then you haven't been you haven't been listening so 2022 has to be your year of running your own race and if there's ever anything you wanted to try now's the time to try it because what's the worst that could happen oh you wake up tomorrow and your job's gone well guess what that's happening anyway but what's the best that could happen? What's the what's the positive outcome? Too many of us worry about what's the worst case scenario. What's the best case scenario? What if I do this and it works? Holy yeah. shit. But no one thinks of that. Everyone's like, oh, what happens if it goes wrong? Well, guess what? The world has gone very, very wrong unless you're in Hill Song. The world's <laughs> gone very wrong unless you're in Hill. Is that a song? I'll, ask, I'll ask you guys this. So you, guys, you guys are recruiting. You're looking for people. Ken? Yeah. Yes, we are, mate. I've got three officers that are looking for people, screaming for people. Lou, you looking for people? I've done 10 interviews this week. That's why go. her hair's like that. Oh, Once she's hired him, she just goes back to the ponytail, mate. Don't worry. What's uh, that? You've done 10 hairdresser interviews? What was that? <laughs> I said I did 10 interviews this week. That's why her hair's like that. Well, I didn't do any today. You've had three pedicures and a manicure. What? I bit all my fingernails off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no. uh, no, we, going we, into we, we're trying to recruit because uh, we, we need to grow now. We've got uh, our salespeople now. Um, as of last week, we're already uh, at base, 
So mm -hmm. we've got uh, salespeople now heading towards uh, the $200,000 in in this first six months. So we need them to go on holidays and we need other so people to replace them. They, they, they're, doing, no, they're doing very well. And, and I think that that's what we need to be looking at. It's I think this is what, what Cam's trying to say is that we can either have a mentality of let's be scared and let's wait for this thing to pass or you really ride the wave. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think that when I went up to the Hunter Valley, I saw some someone who really rode the wave. Uh, I don't know whether you ever been to Leo Gate. Leo Gate is a winery that Vicky's bought with her husband, and they were into uh, cows and cattle. And and what happened is this time I drove past, and what did she do? Instead of just having a winery and a restaurant, she's now uh, they, they have now built a uh, something like uh, uh, twenty cottages, brand new, on their land so that they can actually cater for weddings with guests staying there. And, wow. and, so, and so we now have people who just think, hold on, why don't I just change this? Instead of people like traveling all over Australia with uh, rules changing by the day, and, and they, have to, they had to learn in 2021 with cancellation, which is, yeah, one minute's on, one minute you're going to get like uh, credit towards the next ticket. Yeah. Why don't we just take advantage of our own state in New South Wales where people are going to start traveling in New South Wales? But here it is in 2022, things are going to change. We're going to travel again. Yeah. So I think that in 2022, uh, people have got that kind of itch. For, for the last two years, they could not move. They let alone go even interstate. I think there's going to be a lot of money going overseas. Uh, that's my my belief for 2022, and if that means that people are spending our money overseas, it also means that we will have less money here for mortgages or, or, or our living standards, and that means too that house price is going to be hit. Yeah, I think yeah. If they haven't, or well, I think it's already started in a lot of our in. Yeah. Yeah, it stabilised though, Cam. It, it went down by Christmas yeah. and it stabilised. Yeah, yes. it stabilised. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It, it got to a level. I think we lost 5% overnight. And then I think in some areas we're probably 7 or 8%. And I think it's it's now we've had the, which we always get at the start of the year. It's not so much a spike of activity, but the activity is back, which yeah. has plateaued, which has plateaued the prices, I think. Um, the further the year goes and the colder the months get, especially after an extremely wet summer that we're having. Mm. Um, and very soon, probably after Australia Day, that that initial rah we all have at the start of the year to go out and buy a house drops back off. And I think it's not the end of the world, but I think we went up 30% last year. Let's not forget, I know the, the national figures are 22, but 30% in all our areas, which is a huge amount. So to come back 10%... In the short term, I think Omicron has, has created a little bit of a, a boost to the real estate market. The uh, fact that a lot of people, a lot of fact that a lot of people were holding off putting their property on the market, but the buyers are still out there. So in the short term, real short term, we're going to see some good numbers through open homes. I think long term, you're right. I think the market's going to really stabilise and come back to sort of a, a you know, more of a. I'm seeing the opposite, Chriso. I'm seeing the opposite, mate. Open home numbers are extremely low. Okay. Um, the stock levels are, are huge. Like in some of our suburbs, we've gone from five properties on the market to 35. And in, you know, 
if we take Kalanival office, for example, within a 10 kilometer radius where there was 40 properties on the market, there's now 180, 190. Are you talking on... since Christmas? Are you talking since nah, the new that, year? That, that change started, started December. Okay, I'm, um, talking, I'm talking since the new year. Since the no, yeah, the stock levels are still huge. Stock levels are okay. still massive. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, my other Barara area is exactly the same. The one area I have that, that hasn't felt that yet is Carrion, where there's still only three or four properties on the market. So that's still enough competition between the buyers that are there. But I think across the corridor that we own, I think there's probably between a 7 and a 10% comeback has already happened and it'll yeah. stabilise. I, I I think that's probably all we're going to get. I think 10 to 15% is where it settles by the end of the year. But don't forget, guys, we're very, very fucking close to an election now, very close to an election, and that, that had huge ramifications leading into the election in 2019, huge. Yeah. The bit, the bit is what happens right after. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well, okay. that depends who wins. And I was very confident this time last year and who would win, but now I've got no idea because there's been that much, there's been that many fuck ups. Mm. And I don't know. I think Clive Palmer's in with a real shot. So <laughs> um, I, I think that, listen, Australia, Australians are not stupid. Um, they, they see maybe Morrison uh, making mistakes, Perotet maybe making mistakes but they see inaction from Albanese and, and the Labour Party. And, and I think that in the end, people don't vote for people who are dormant. Uh, They're just trying to win by default, aren't they? They're really just right. sitting and, back. And in this country, I don't think we look at that. Uh, in America, they did. <laughs> so, but, but, but here they Really did. dormant. Really, really <laughs> dormant. Hey, the, Jeff, the Jeff is here. Like a volcano. The Jeff is here. And we, 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 we owe him an apology because he's spoken about the hospital being... Overwhelmed, right? We we were the four, not 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 you, Lou, but we were the oh, three. Years away. Maybe we, it's not true, but he's here. So let's let's listen to him and and can you owe him an apology? All right. Uh, I don't hi, know. hi, hi, the Jeff. How you doing, mate? Hang on, he's got to wait for his audio. Connect into his audio, turning his hearing aid up. <laughs> I don't want to start on a bad foot, Jeff, but Thomas is just talking. Happy New Year, Jeff. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thomas has just told me I have to apologise to you and I'd have to say get stuffed because I've got two kids with COVID and there's not a thing wrong with them, mate. So all that talk about making sure we protect our family, I think. But anyway, you're right. The hospitals are filled, mate. How are, how are you, buddy? Are you good? Happy, very, um, very good, happy and healthy. Oh, that's good, mate. That's good. That's because of the uh, seven the booster shots you've now had the ad on you. Sorry? We're in, the, we're in the same predicament as you are. You know, I've got a bit of a lockdown scenario here as well. No, look here. Lucky you've had your 17 booster shots, mate, that were no no doubt um, <laughs> helicoptered to you by the, the leader of the ch church, I meant uh, the country. Um, I've, got a, I've got a special lane that takes me all the way down the um, isn't the biggest isn't the biggest um congregation center for that that place that we're not allowed to mention anymore close to where you live the 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 hs aren't they near you so you and scotty you'd be good you'd be up there rocking and rolling in the concerts that no one else is allowed to go to protecting the community now listen i gotta tell you i've been very busy just in the last five minutes you would not believe it um, I'm, I'm typing up my resume. I Are want you? to be an estate agent. No, we're no busy. Way. Our no. books are full. <laughs> Come on. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. 
that what are you talking about, Jay? What are you talking about? Hey, you, you, I you, just inspired him. What he's saying that is they were desperate for stuff. What him, what I'm, what he's saying is, is that the big dog actually just inspired him to do something. Oh, listen, mate. Anytime you want to do anything in real estate, mate, I'll take you on straight away. I'll, I'll, I'll make you rich. But I, I think that right now you're probably doing very, very well in your industry. Wouldn't you? I'm already rich in happiness. <laughs> oh, good that. He's on the board of Pfizer. That's what he's he's, he's doing very well. Well, I he's told you about that. I told he's, you about that branding exercise. Yeah, he's going to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, head of head of marketing, the Jeff. Hey, for Novak's job, bitch. Hey, you know. I, I got to come back to Dokovic. Now, what do you what do you think? Do you think he should have got booted or not? Because he didn't actually have any anti-vax uh, sentiments while he was here, and that was one of the main reasons he's kicked out. But we've got other other guys like Christensen, George Christensen. That's a a blatant anti-vaxer, and uh, he's well, he allowed just, to stay on. No, he just you know, resigned. Didn't he? Out. he just resigned. No, he resigned from his position in the um, as a, a senior minister, or not a minister, from a trade and delegate, whatever it is. He gets about an extra thirty thousand bucks a year, but he's still a member of parliament till the election. Yeah, well, that's politicians for you, mate. They're the only ones that haven't taken a pay cut through this whole thing. I don't think he should have been booted, but only because the whole fucking world's gone mad, and there's that much hypocrisy that it doesn't matter anyway. Like, it, it's absolutely laughable. But, well, he's, um, he's going to have to get he's going to have to get vaccinated because the French um, yeah. government has actually yeah. introduced the uh, mandating of vaccinations. So yeah, but if what Thomas has said is true and he owns a company that or is part owner of a company that can treat COVID without vaccine, he doesn't he doesn't have to have, ever have to play tennis again. He just needs as many court cases as he can. The big fella. Yeah, this is the thing he likes. He he loves his tennis. You know, making money is one thing, but he loves Mate, it. I remember the old Novak Djokovic where he used to pretend to be hurt every game he was losing, right? When he was no, not that good at it, he was only top 10. He wasn't number one. Every time he got hurt, he used to quit. He doesn't love tennis that much. He only loves it because he was winning, and now he's found a better way. And you've seen all the great little Australians in the tennis lately. That's really quite inspiring. Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, you're not that tall yourself. Calling them little is just yeah, <laughs> the main. I, I ask you this then. Whoever wins the men's singles, will he feel like a champion not beating the world's number one? Well, mm-hmm. just imagine if Raphael gets up there. He'll be 21st Grand Slam and be better than Bokic. That'd be a good one. I'll tell you what, no one's answered Jeff's question and none of his except for me answered it before only because I talk too much. Do you think oh. Novak should have been kicked out? Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Lou. Absolutely. You think he should have been kicked with all the other bullshit that's going on in the world? Where? But you said it before, you said it before, Cam, there's a lot of hypocrisy happening, mate. I, I still put it back to, you know, uh, state of origin when all the families and players went from New South Wales to Queensland when apparently the borders were shut. And there was people in Sydney who couldn't get home to bloody Queensland. No, but that's the yeah. point. So our own print. I know, but. A premier in our own country, that that useless that. thing, well, that useless thing north of the border, could run a state of origin when people couldn't go to funerals of family members. And then you got prime, then you got politicians going to bloody 
Japan for the Olympics and so forth. Where I, was the uproar the, then? The where was the amount of hypocrisy is crazy? Like, where was Skomo really cancelling the state of origin, mate? He didn't, did he? Let, let, let's 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 move on because I don't think that we, we we're gonna go anywhere. The Jeff, what what's your prediction for 2022 with COVID and Omicron and like some people are obviously now thinking this is the end of COVID because it's it's gonna be in, on such a big scale. Other well, people are saying, hold on, what if there's another variant coming up and this variant is stronger? And 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 already you can see the people who are a lot of people, even though they've been vaccinated, are actually pretty sick. So thank God for, for the vaccination because we don't know what would have happened to those people. But wh where are we going? Well, the hospitals are inundated and we all know that. I think one of the problems that, you know, and speaking to a couple of the um, clinicians that I've spoken to, it's the lack of recognition because, you know, they're all under extreme difficulties and complexities and all that sort of stuff, struggling every day. They've got no staff um and but they've still got to turn up and the workload is just higher but then there's the other side of the framework where all the administrators and politicians are turning around saying oh we're all coping and that's not necessarily true you mm -hmm. know it, they're they're struggling and um and they they're doing the best what they can with the finite resources that they have mm. yeah. yeah it's the lack of recognition that is probably the biggest thing that's um you know pissing them off yeah, so, so I, I think that in, in many ways, the population is a bit selfish that way. We, we know that it's been raising that because the population has gone through what we call COVID fatigue, but no one understood that maybe the, these health personnel have also gone through fatigue, right? Correct. And mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest concerns that they have there. They're even, you know, the, in Victoria, where they've called it a brown zone or whatever it is, yeah. that, that gives them the power that yeah. the government power to actually move people from hospitals to hospitals, from cleaning duties to, you know, orderly duties, and just be able to move them around, you know, so that's going to create more stress. And I think you even highlighted that they're getting any person that can come on that can drive an ambulance, or that can actually push a trolley, or that can actually, you know, so forth. Mm. Um, all these people cannot have their elective surgery, so they can't have their implants and their IVFs and anything else. It's, yeah. um, so what's your prediction? He asked you for a prediction. It's going to continue at the same pace until at least the, the third quarter of this year. Wow. Mm. Okay. okay. And what's Bitcoin going to do? <laughs> no. Asking for a friend. No, it's no longer Bitcoin, it's NFT, man. Uh, yeah, I know, but okay. I, but, but Jeff, I, I, I want to ask you this. Instead of the government now giving uh, free money to those bludgers to stay at home, shouldn't the government give that money and they go to hospital and do some work? But the reason why the government's given the money, forget the unemployment, are you talking about the COVID relief packages? Yeah, the bludgers. Well, you know... They've actually got a communicable disease, and that's why they got that money. I think that's. I think the latest um, uh, what they're saying is that you do a rapid test, and then you just document it. Then you get seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I get. I get that. I've got. I've got quite a few rapid tests. They're all positive. By is the that way. the rule? <laughs> <laughs> that's if you don't have any sick leave. Well said. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> 
How old do you have to be? Can a six-year-old claim it? Um, if you're if you're um, a carer, but you don't care. I care. I you care. Don't care. I care seven hundred <laughs> times. I care. Well done. <laughs> We're going to Disneyland. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, he hasn't changed, hasn't changed. So the, the Jeff, what happens then after the third quarter? I can't I can't help but to ask you because it, we, we talk about 2022. So so what's why are you saying the third quarter? What happened around that time? Because I think there's gonna be a lot more people with booster. I think there's gonna be a lot more people that have actually contracted it. And a lot of the people that um, you know, in, in hospitals at the moment, I think 50% of the people aren't vaccinated still. Nothing to do with the government getting re-elected, Jeff, that everything all of a sudden disappears? Well, you know... Because that'd be around the third quarter, wouldn't it? But I think that'd be around the third quarter, wouldn't it? You and your mate it gets gets back into office and all of a sudden all this shit disappears. That wouldn't happen, would it? Well, to be honest, you know, you talked about the inactivity of the Labor. I think, unfortunately, um, best let him dig his own grave. And that's what he's doing, unfortunately. He's digging his own grave. So by saying nothing, it's probably the best way for Albanese. Well, he's got Thomas doesn't think we're all that stupid. Well, ScoMo's looking pretty stupid at the moment. He's very reactive to all this. He's re- you know, he was reactive to climate change when he went to wherever he went. Does he know you're saying these things, Jeff? I worry about your future. Well, I was down there talking to him. Right. So, you know, he knows where I feel. And I told him about the HS organisation too. If I ask you, may I got a question, like medically, is there a point where we will get to like a, you know, a population saturation where majority of people have had it, that it just won't be as effective anymore? Is that a... Will we get, ever get to that point, or can we Population get to that point? Population saturation, that's fantastic. I don't know. That's a word I just that put is, together, right? I just, is no, there that's a, good. Like, is there a critical point that we're, it's not going to matter anymore? Well, they're talking about the critical point for infections is going to be um, in the next um, four to six weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that okay. then impacts on the, first we get infections, then about, Two weeks later, you get hospitalizations, and then probably two or three weeks later, you get intensive care rise. So probably that's why I'm saying about a six-week period, we're going to see the probably the worst of it. And but then we're going to get into another status where we're sort of like um, we're we're coming out of it because we've got boosters, we've got vaccinations, we've got um, herd uh, immunity, and I think that um, that's where we'll be seeing a little bit more scope okay. for the future. So- if it, is that the name it, of the next vaccine, Scope? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what is happens that who if we should we get be another on? variant? What happens if we get another variant thrown into the mix in the that's next That's a guarantee to be happened. Yeah, Chris, that's, that's what I'm saying, mate. That's a guarantee. It's like the flu. As soon as we get well, as soon as we get our herd immunity, our herd immunity, they're gonna to have to come up with something else because we've got to keep the gravy train. They're onto a good thing, mate. What they've worked out is that we're all idiots, we'll all do whatever they tell us, we'll believe anything we've said in the TV. All right, so we'll Let's just run the same plan for a minute. Let's eliminate cynicism for a minute. Oh. Will, will will we get to a point where we can just continue life like it is the actual flu? I know it is a flu, but you understand my sort of question. No, yes, I agree. I, I think you'll see it in the in the third quarter of this year. Okay. All right. Awesome. That's what 
awesome. Hey, Chris, let me ask you this. If you stumble across a way to make $65 trillion in a year, are you going to, no, listen, are you going to change your plan? Yes. You are. Even though changing that plan means you don't make $65 trillion a year, you go back to 10. No, no, hang on. You so, said, oh, well, I changed my plan to make that 65. No, you've, you've stumbled across a way that you, you've, you've tripped and fell over a way and all of a sudden there's $65 trillion in your bank and you've gone, hang on, we're onto a good thing here. Will I follow you that turn plan? around the Will next year. That plan? Yes. 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 That's why this is going to be a never-ending circle, mate, because they've worked out how they can make shit tons and we all just say, okay, okay. Yeah, we don't. We don't have to suffer that kind of fate. If if we were smart, we should all put a, a, some of our money together, and we should really get onto a non-vaccine kind of COVID nineteen cure. And well, I got uh, two positive about- tests, so I got fourteen hundred dollars apparently that I can throw towards the cause. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or restocking your wine. Yeah, that is for mate that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I'm confused. There, I'm is, there is fine print to that. So Jeff, let, let's 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 ask a, gentle, a last question before we let him go. I know you're busy, mate. So this year, better than 2021? Worse? Oh, it's going to be definitely 100 percent better. 100 percent because I think I think that there is light at the tunnel mm. as far as this, and I think that's the big thing that we should actually look for. You know. Yeah. So define I, better and define worse, though. Well, you know, you, you talked about the small businesses. That's a really bad situation. You talked about the poor service you talked about. But now I think that will stabilise. I think the businesses will actually um, start to open up a lot more. And I think that we'll see a little bit more empathy and a little bit more local domestic travel, um, support yeah. the tourist. I, I think there's so many other things. I think... I think if you've gone through a bad situation, you do look on a positive note. Yeah. And that's what I reckon that we're going to see. I think we're going to see some positivity coming out. I agree. I 100% agree with Jeff. And I agree that this like explosion of small business, there'll be a lot of positivity. There'll be a lot of people wanting to do things for themselves. I think there'll be a lot of domestic travel. So going back to the market, like I was going to chime in before but I didn't really do it but I was thinking I there's a lot of people that are going to travel there's a lot of people that can take their business online therefore they can do it out of their Winnebago they can do it out of their four-wheel drive they can do it anywhere so I think there's be a lot of movement in the market regardless of people selling to to live life on the road or or in another town you know so I think there'll be a lot lot of positive rat tests thanks very much for your time today to Jeff Take care, Thanks everybody. To Lovely to see you all. Good to have you back, mate. Said Take no care. one. Bye. <laughs> see you, buddy. All right. So, listen, but this is the, also the one thing that I need to warn people. Not everyone's built to run a business. Yes. Right? There's a lot of people who would love to run a business, but to run a business, you have to have, I, I think, a brave heart. You've got to have to have that ability to know there's going to be more storms than, than sunshine. And days, you, have yeah. to learn, you have to learn to conquer these storms rather than think that, you know, someone's going to come and save you. There's no savior. 
Yeah. If, if, if anything, anyone who's going to save you in the world of business, it's only to put a bigger bullet to your ankle. And, mm -hmm. and so I think that this is what I really would like to tell people. While you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, man, this is what they're talking. Maybe I should. There are people in my own life that I have that I know that I've met who were making millions of dollars. I mean, in, in, in today's kind of uh, uh, currency and who had that, what we call it, we say in French, the, the folie de grandeur, who thought I could do this, I'd do it myself, and who actually, who actually broke today because mm -hmm. they went out there and they did not get it. To run a business, you're going to have to be resilient. You're going to have to know what it is to almost drown. If you don't know what it is to almost drown and still wake up in the morning and go, I need to take action. And, and I think that what Chris said earlier is very good because... Tomorrow is promised to no one. In life's short, I don't understand. I don't know. If you don't have that, you don't have that ticker. Stay where you are. Because if you leave that, you're going to drown even faster. There are people yeah. that I believe are actually going to be rich being second. You know, around Steve Jobs, around, uh, what is it? Wozniak, for example, around Bill Gates was actually richer being Wozniak, unknown, hidden behind some kind of desk rather than being Bill Gates. So, and, and so everyone's got their own place. You, we have that industry teal. We're huh? in that, we have that industry where you, as a salesperson without owning a show and doing whatever you can make a shitload of money. Right. And there's a lot of uh, probably in our own network, there's a lot of salespeople making more than their, their leaders. Oh, absolutely. Mate, absolutely. I, I, right now it, it, we, we actually preparing for the Wisebury award. Yeah. And I see some of our top sales guys, like they, they, there's a guy who by himself, there's no assistant, no, uh, no buys agent around him, no, no, prospector, no, no, no one nothing. to prospect for him. And he's just made 1.7 plus million dollars for the, the year, right? There's no one to help him. So try to understand this. And he's not in an area where when you sell a house, Right, it's a six or seven million average where you get one hundred eighty thousand dollars. He is not in that kind of area. So imagine this kind of guy putting together. Uh, I think what is it? Uh, over seventy something sales himself. He hundred him, himself. Yeah, I think it was a hundred. Well, unreal. Otherwise, that's on his own, right? So and you, that's you think about this, and you have a look at that, and you go, "All right, so." So this is what we have in this kind of times. So there's, and, and then I'm thinking, hold on, what if he was running a show by himself? I think it'd go broke because mm. it, it doesn't realize there's so many more things to do that suddenly now it's, take, it's eating your time here. It's eating that time here. And suddenly you're now, uh, you're not realizing you're making less. You, you're starting to be reactive. You make wrong decisions. You go, no, 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 I, I can't do, do this. I can't do that. And now slowly you're suffocating and people don't realize it. And as they suffocating slowly, do you know what they do now? Uh, they put the house, the family house on the market. They mortgage a little bit more. They do this a little bit more. And then suddenly they're now asking their kids not to go to those private school anymore because we need everything we need. And, and it's going to happen. And then depending on the personality of the person, ego starts to kick in. Kids 
listen, it's only for short term, you know, that just need a bit of that money so that I can just build this. And suddenly now they are, they stealing the, 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 the kid's future in order to satisfy the ego. So there are people like this where I have to say, you just have to be careful. It's, it's not because it's attractive, it's attractive for everyone. Mm. It's just understanding where you're at. Chris mentioned before the, the rise of the contractor. Because you're a contractor, you're not running a business, right? You're, you're self-employed, you have a job, and you employ yourself. That's the completely different to running a business. Yeah, that's where a lot of people go wrong. They go, I'm going to go out on my own. I'm now a business owner. And but oh, fuck, you've still got to do all the work yourself. You that's not the best book for people to read is the E Myth, I think. The E Myth or the E Myth Revisited, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, probably the E Myth Revisited is the most updated version, and that'll teach you. Yeah, I. I, I held myself in a corner and cried for three days the day I read it because I thought I owned a gym. And what I realized was I had 16 jobs <laughs> and I didn't own shit, right? So it wasn't very good for the ego or the self-esteem or anything to do with that, but it also made you realize. There's a reason there's bosses or leaders and there's employees, right? Not everyone is cut out for it. Yeah. See, the other thing I think too that is important is exactly probably what you're about to say, Cam. Not everybody does want to run their own show. No, they don't. People want flexibility. People want freedom. They want more time with their family. And I think one of the blessings of 2021 was that we certainly realised quite early is, you know what, people just, there's a whole big perspective here and what matters matters and what doesn't doesn't. And people have realised that now. We actually said to our staff, you know what, 8.45 to 5.15 was our opening hours that 15 minutes either side of nine o'clock and five that half an hour to some people was worth a thousand times what it was worth to us so we said hang on let's just do nine to five because that extra 15 minutes to get those kids to school or that meant they could get to that gym class or it meant that they could get to that soccer game or it meant it meant so much to them and that's all people want People are happy to do a good job and will do a great job and they will be loyal, committed and driven and dedicated, but they want to we see that in return as well. That's and- the realisation now, Lou, and that's the adapt or die bit, right? That's part of the adaptation because if you don't adapt to that staff, yes. you're gone. Your exactly. staff will leave, you'll, you'll have yeah. nobody and then you'll blame everybody except yourself, right? But yeah. exactly. you're stuck. In, you're stuck. And that changed, look. COVID didn't bring about that change. I mean, there's a bloke here who hasn't got a lot of hair on his head who's been predicting that change for the last, I don't know, how long have I been going to seminars? Five or six years? And he said What did you say, Chris? Yeah, what did you say, Chris? Yeah, because I've got not a lot of hair. We've, yeah, we've we've talked about the business of the future since the past, right? And now now all of a sudden it took took this sort of shit where we're all locked in our own houses. And and that's what we and, do. That's what we do as people. No, like, but it took it took this exactly to, to be realised. And you know what? The businesses that thought of it or or implemented it five years ago or ten years ago are already godzillionaires, right? That's why you know you read the stories about people working at Google, sitting on Swiss balls and having fucking just nothing but fun rooms and all that shit. They've all been doing it for years yeah. and they're all godzillionaires, right? And now all of a sudden we all get a spicy cough and a bit of a sniffle and we go, oh, shit, 
Maybe it was a good idea to treat people better. That's the adapt or die bit. If you haven't pulled that out of 2021, you're going to go nowhere because there's no better example of, yeah. of it. I still think there's a lot of people out there on the fence, though, sitting, going through those last two years on the fence, on the cusp, going, I really feel like a career change, but still not having the... Might not the even be a career change, mate, but then this might be controversial. Whatever if you're it working, be, no, it might be the same a- industry. If you're well, working for someone, be, right? if you're working for someone who is still running it in a fashion that is 1980s, then you need to understand that there are options out there for you. What I'm getting be- at is what, those people need to understand that they don't have forever. They they need to make the decision because one year rolls into two, rolls into five, rolls into ten, and before you know it, it's ready for retirement, and you'll die with regret. Those people need to make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to go and try. What's What if? What if I do? What if I don't? But what if? What could happen? Yeah. And I think a lot of people will put that down to loyalty. They'll go, oh, I'm going to stay loyal. I'm a loyal person. I'm a loyal person. No, loyalty is great. But it. if you're getting treated like shit and it's to the detriment of your own family and everything else, then yeah. sometimes you need to have a look at what's going on. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I believe in loyalty, but I think loyalty is also a two-way two-way road. street, mate. Yeah, so absolutely, lo- loyalty is not just about the the employee giving hundred percent to his leader. It's also about the leader giving one hundred percent to his employee first. You know, yeah. and in in that many way, I come from the school where leaders eat last. Mm. Everyone in your team do well first. You're last. You yeah. know, and and. The hands, for example, the way that uh, Cam and I, we, we work, we don't get paid. We, we last. We, whatever is left, that then we, we can look at. Otherwise, otherwise, what we would do is we would bleed the business. It pays me so well. It pays Cam so well. And then, and then we start making erratic decisions. We start to take advantage of our staff. And I yeah. think that's where people go wrong. Uh, we, we, we have to, I, I, I believe these kind of uh, theories are going to come out because people are not stupid anymore and they, uh, uh, they are actually now saying, hold on, I, I'm, I've, how can I work for a company and I give everything I have and then they find me because COVID just hit? How, how do you do that? How do you explain that to someone? Plus, uh, I think the... Um, there's a full generation now who's actually born during COVID. There are babies now who actually will only have photos with them with a mask mm. when, when they're in public, I mean. And so they are, in 20 years, we're going to have the most con- conscious kind of uh, clean society we'll ever experience. Oh. So we were smart. This is when we should start a company. I, I, I believe we need to start a, a diaper company that has mask on it. So then we're ready for in, in 20 years business, guys. Otherwise, you know, we, we're going to miss that boat. I had you know, a guys, we... I was Sorry, just going to quickly say, I had a lady the other day say to me, I said hello to a little baby, like a little one-year-old. And I said, oh, how beautiful. Look how cute you are. Blah, blah. And the baby, she went, oh, no, she was born during COVID. She hasn't been around people yet. You're scaring her. And I'm like, What? What? I couldn't even, my brain could not comprehend that. And I'm like, are yeah, you serious? I mean, I One of my takeaways from 2021 that I didn't mention because we thought we were being depressing enough, but I don't think we're going to feel the, no, I don't think we're going to feel the um, ramifications of the amount of schooling the kids have left or exactly 
what um, Lou just mentioned, the social interaction of people who are just starting out their their life. I don't I don't feel we're going to feel those ramifications for a generation, so ten years to come. And um, yeah. yeah, the education side has been a touchy subject for us recently. And I'm, I'm for the first time ever I'm taking it probably seriously because all I ever wanted was my kids to be able to read, write, and count. Right? If you can read, write, and count, you can conquer this world. But They've just lost two years of learning how to read, write, and count, right? So I'm going, fuck, what do we do? And then, like, running into a baby who hasn't seen a person before. Like, what, what, when does that start to affect us moving yeah. forward? 20 and years. He, hey? 20 years. Yeah. And, and so so here, here, here's the thing, right? And, and so you imagine these kids now, they don't see too many people when we know the importance of kids having interaction. Uh, personally, they're going to have to start developing a social, social behavior that is probably less than average. Yeah? So in 20 years, with the social media now that is actually showing them virtual interaction, we might be going towards a, a generation that actually gives no shit about their parents because that social interaction is less. Mm. And, and so in the end, the parents of today might actually suffer when th that kid turns 20 in 20 years because mm. now it's different. Mom, dad, I can see you. Actually, let's have dinner, mom and dad tonight. Oh yeah, I've got two iPads and I see dad on this iPad and I see mom and we can talk to each other. These are some of the things of the future. Already, by the way we behave today yeah we're already because saying that today if 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 you have a wife who's pregnant she goes to hospital by herself yeah it's not even allowed that's been that, that that's something you, you mentioned on steroids a lot i think that's just something that's going to be amplified because we've already been heading that way the inability of um the inability of kids to interact socially now, the inability of kids to handle anger, the inability of kids to deal with problems in a way that's, that's going that to, that's going to further their life. Hey, I think a lot of that had already started. Cause yeah, no, that's what I mean. It, it had already started, but this, this, yeah. this last two years and you know, we, we had an we had an incident close to me recently where a 13 year old kid stabbed another 13 year old kid to death because they'd prearranged a fight, but one kid turned up with eight mates and the other kid was on his own and he only had one incident. He only had one place he could go in his head. And that's, that's, that's not even a symptom that's a that's a result of where society's at at the moment but that is only going to be magnified now by the lack of social interaction and the lack of um the, the fucking god help us in that respect you know that's it lift the lift the mood a little bit we we spoke before about you know predictions for 2022 right but what about people that have had aspirations or goals or dreams moving into this year what advice have you guys got to help them sort of to achieve those, to maybe get their goals apart from coming work for us? I mean, how can we help them? What advice have we got? There's so many people at the beginning of the year, they set goals or they set, you know, I believe Cam, you're a gym owner. At the beginning of the year, you get the most memberships and then within four weeks, their gym's empty or something or other, right? Yeah, the, the gyms the gyms love, 
The only people on the planet who love a New Year's resolution are the gyms, right? Because they bank their dollars on people not turning up costs a lot to maintain a treadmill right the the a treadmill in a gym costs forty thousand dollars so to maintain it if people are actually running on it huge problem <laughs> and then they see cam and they go that doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> no, we had uh, we had a barbecue at the um we had a barbecue just after new year's at just before we come back to work and one of our our friends said oh so what are your new year's resolutions and in true cam fashion, I'd had a few beers. I said, I don't fucking have any, and if you're stupid if you do, which I don't fully believe. But they said, Oh, why is that? And I said, Well, because if you got something so important to change in your life, why didn't you start it right yesterday or a month ago or the yeah. minute you thought it was something you want to change? I, you know, people know that smoking is going to kill them, so they go. First day of January, I'm quitting smoking, but I'm going to put as many fucking gaspers in my lungs as I can leading up into January, right? So it's, I went off. Use it as a crutch, like that. Like it's yeah, an but like, if you got a New Year's resolution, it means you've got something that you've wanted to change in your life for a long, long time, and there's no date that should start that. You're 100 you know, right, Cam. You know, and I, I, I was a very, very big smoker in so many years. New Year's, no smoking, no smoking, mate. Second of January, I was smoking again. Yeah. But you know, and it was I think mid August one year that I quit smoking at the end when I finally did it. Because you won't stop until the pain. The advice, to, right, right. To you ask what the advice is, right? I, I, I don't know what the end result is. I think the end result is being a better person. But I've only set myself a couple of things, and they're process based things, not goal based things. I want to be better person. So, of. And it started two and a half weeks before Christmas. I stopped. I said, I'm not yelling at the kids anymore. All right. And that was try doing that right when you locked the conference. Hey, that, that was right after conference. Where oh, I think I'd started that before. For the same the ticket as everybody else, you got my full attention. <laughs> you fucking hell. No. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. So, you're, you're a, For the so same ticket, off. right? How many bottles of wine was that? Um, anyway. That was very cheap, still, mate. Yeah, was it was cheap, cheap wine. Do you know? Oh, you know Hang on. Those, I was making a serious point. No, no, but now you know what it feels like interrupting others. So many, many other people just paid for a normal ticket, right? And never got that attention. Actually, some of them were very jealous because they went, I can't believe he's he's using this entire seminar on just changing his mate. Yeah, good. Good. So anyway, I've had. I've had two things, which is not swearing at the kids and swearing less. And I don't, there's no end goal inside except from being a better person. But I know those two small things, maybe I can handle it. I've done other things where I'm like, I'm going to journal every day. I haven't journaled every day. I've missed a couple, right? So I've already failed. But I know the process at the end is going to be there. So if you're asking for advice, my advice would be don't set fucking massive expectations yeah. every year that you're, probably already in your head go you're not going to get yeah. right but pick pick the small things that may result in that yes. and if you can do that happy days right i said to my kids today it is not fair what you're doing to me because you know i'm not going to yell at you but if you leave the door open one more time i'll probably strangle you right <laughs> no nah, i didn't say that to you okay i didn't yeah. No, I didn't, it's not fair to buy yourself from yelling at your kids while you're in lockdown. That's all I'm going to say. But <laughs> well, my advice, okay, so my advice is 
Um, <laughs> I'm a better person because of it, but I didn't start at New Year's. That was the point. Yeah, okay, good. So similar what Cam's saying is... <laughs> Similar to what Ken said, is just <laughs> don't look at the whole staircase, okay? Just take the next step. Just take the next step. You don't need to see the whole thing. One thing I've learned is just do the next best right thing. Don't do just the next thing because it's easy, uh, free, whatever. Just do the next best right thing, okay? The other thing I suppose is you can't live the same life every year and call it a life if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got okay so don't start the year and say i'm going to be the best or i'm going to change this and i'm going to do that but then continue to be the same person that you were last year in the 10 and the 20 before that you know make commitments but make them public commitments and let yourself be accountable to others and let them hold you accountable because then you're giving them also I don't know, inspiration or, or, or the opportunity to go, you know what, well, I want to do this. Can you help me keep myself accountable to that? And I think that's the thing, you know, be, be um, proactive. Open and, to help. Ask, yeah, ask yeah. maybe for mentors. Be open to help and, but also be open to help others. And, and, you know, I was listening to something recently and, it was something, and, and it's a very short description that I can give you, but sometimes, you know, when you might be right in the middle of something and your phone will ring and you'll look down and you'll see who it is and you'll go, oh, I can't do that right now. I'll, I'll, I'll call them back. But you know what? That person probably needed you the most right then and right there in their time or in their life. So that's an opportunity where you had to make someone's life better and you passed it up or you yeah. could have helped them or you could have saved a situation or you could have changed the situation don't pass those times up that's a thing that i've learned like be there yeah right moment you know the big ones i the big ones i sort of wanted to give were very similar to what you both said actually the little things count the yeah. little actions day in day out if you right. don't do them they accumulate to a lot then it's a conversation thomas said to me had with me recently that those little actions every day Somebody's um, bringing me. Is your chance to help me? <laughs> <laughs> You're gold, Ken. You are gold. That's so good. You just pass up an opportunity. And she doesn't care a rat's ass about you, brother. There's no way we can do anything serious on this channel. <laughs> this, there's no seriousness on this channel in 2022, that's for sure. All right, but you know who cares? We just us. We we just having fun, and this is a bit. I want to leave you guys. Maybe it's, uh, uh, actually, I will leave the last word for for Cam. But I want to tell you something. Last week I was with uh, Robert Spitaleri, a mate of mine, and one of the top values in my life now has been health, and then we know and we've spoken about it many times, and. I know that in over the last few weeks, I've done my, my bicycle ride every every single day. I'm doing 30 minutes. It doesn't work. But Jesus, that Robert gave me in, in, in a five-minute explanation something that's going to last probably for the rest of my life. And he said to me, you know what, Thomas? Here it is. And, and this dude, and, and it's a funny thing. You, it was quite often we only, 
listen to people because they are a certain level. So this dude now has gone pre, pre-done, uh, he's third done Kung Fu black belt, right? So a lot of training into the guy. And he said, Thomas, here's one thing I, I, I probably would like you to be doing. Every single day, just do 10 um, push-up. Then follow, and, and if you want to stop, you stop. And, and, and then he's, he told me about how to breathe, when to breathe and when to breathe out, because I used to do push-up breathing it wrong. Like I used to breathe in as I come down to the carpet, but then suddenly I've got all those germs in my, in my nostrils. And, you know, and, and he's, he's telling me exactly how to do it. And then he said, just do uh, 10 uh, burpees. Then just do 10, uh, what is it, uh, sit up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then 10 squats. And then 10 uh, position where you just stand on your toes. He's, then he showed me, he said, if you did all of those 10, five tens, have a look at the muscles that you're working everywhere in your body. And so I'm thinking, do you know what? If he's speaking about this and he's got that kind of thing, I'll do it. The first two days of doing just those two things, uh, those five things, it was almost impossible. I had to stop after three push-ups. I had to stop after six, uh, what is it, sit-up. But now it's been, uh, what is it, six, seven days? I can do all of that in one go, beside the burpees. I can't do more than six burpees. I have to stop. It's like, but I'm, I'm liking this now. And so what we did with him was that every single day that I have done my 50, so 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, I would text him and say, done. And what he's trying to do with me now is we're doing 10 this week. Next week, we're doing the whole lot, but now this time twice. And so what I'm, I'm trying to say, and he wants to get me to five times. And I said, no, I'll stop at three. I like number three. <laughs> and <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, if you want to improve, don't do 15 one go. Mm. Just do 10 of a little thing. Just try to improve 1% in every bit of your life, not 100% in one bit. Exactly. That was the lesson I got out of Robert. Yeah. I just got a lesson that you only listen to people with the same haircut as you because I've been telling you the same thing for a month. No, but you didn't you didn't give me that stuff. And and when I looked at you, I'm going, no, he doesn't apply. No, I gave you the theory, I didn't show you the <laughs> adaptation was the word. Remember your body's adapted? Remember I gave you the whole oh yeah, but anyway. I'm, I'm doing it now, man. So you'd be very proud of me. I'm happy for you, mate. And you watch, you know what? It's going to prove me and Robert right because you watch what changes. And then when you get back on the bike, it'll have the same effect because your no, body is. I'm still isn't... doing the bike. I'm still doing the bike. So I do it now 30 minutes on the bike and I'm doing all those five things. That oh, he's don't listen to anything I say, but if you stop the bike for a week and then get back on it, your body will be shocked and the bike will no, work I for told you, too. you already. I told you already I can't. Do you know how long it's taken me to just sit on that bike for 30 minutes? My, my bum feels like whatever it is, but it feels very different. And so if I'm going to get. Off Looks a lot like bike. your face. <laughs> <laughs> now I draw a line down your head, and, so it looks like a butt. And this, this is the thing, you know. Cam loves to teach his children about non-violence, but all he does when he opens his mouth is all about violence, isn't There's it? There's no violence, mate. Oh well, I don't know. Ask Lou and ask Chris. But but this I love this, Lou's haircut. It cost her a fortune. I think she's <laughs> there. It's very condescending. But anyway, it's all, all right. The, 
The beach right, ball, man, Chris. You can you can close today. I yeah. don't need to close. I think um, I'm the worst person to give the last word because it's if 2022 isn't about you, then you've already lost. Um, if 2022 is about looking for someone else to help you, then you've already lost. And if if 2022 is not taking care of your own shit, then you've lost. So make the steps and and move on. Yeah. All right. I know that's not very eloquent. I know it's not very articulate. But if 2021 and 2020 haven't taught you that there's no one out there to help you, then nothing will. All right. That's a, <laughs> I, maybe I'll close it then because I, I think it's too negative. <laughs> Can I give I, this so, a try? So now, so now I'm sorry. Can I give this a try? You you go for it. You yeah. go for it, brother. Coming from the 2020 and 2021, I think there was a lot of, um, we spoke about it before, greed that's come out. And I think there's a lot of cynicism that's come out in the community as well. Um, with the greed, I, I can only say this. If everyone tries to start their day with just three things they're grateful for, just three, every day. Entitlement and gratitude can't live in the same path. So if you start your day just with just with three things, and they can be small things like you spoke about, just start your day with those three things. I'm telling you, your year's got to be fantastic. Mm, yeah. Nice. I like it. Beautiful closing. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very much, Lou. And thank you very much whatsoever. And uh, <laughs> we, we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> See, you guys, guys. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>